Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today we are going to talk about event marketing. And before we get into that, I just want to say that I have a little bit of I don't know if it's schizophrenic, I don't know what the right word to say is, but I I have a love-hate relationship, that's the way to say it, with event marketing. Because as Demand Gen CEO, I love event marketing from the perspective that I love to see our clients, I love to meet with new prospects, I love to meet with our partners, and I like high-touch marketing. Love it. The other side is that it's incredibly expensive form of marketing. It's an incredibly expensive form of lead generation. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have a podcast on event marketing is because I wanted to really talk about campaign attribution as it relates to event marketing and how to get the maximum value from events. And as most of you know, or I imagine you know, there are certainly plenty of mobile apps these days and there's technology for holding events, especially in the consumer area. But I imagine most of you are doing B2B marketing And so I wanted to invite one of our partners onto the program and talk about their platform and get their perspective on event attribution. So please help me welcome Kristen Alexander from Certain. Kristen, how are you? I'm great. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, dig into this topic today. Well, I am excited to have you. I don't know if you know the history, but I'll share it quickly, is that your CEO, Peter Michike and I met for lunch many, many, many years ago, and it was at Bridges, which is in Danville, and anybody listening to the program is thinking, I don't know where Bridges is. I probably don't even know where Danville is, but what you do probably remember is a movie called Mrs. Doubtfire, and uh, the restaurant, the famous restaurant scene in Mrs. Doubtfire with the ever-so-talented Robin Williams was filmed at that restaurant, so we had lunch there. And he told me what his vision was and what his plan was for certain. And it's been great to watch you guys live that vision and get to it. And for those of you who have ever attended one of Demand Gen's events in the last couple of years, um, I'll just let you know we use certain. We are a client of theirs and we are also a partner. And we absolutely love their platform for what we use it for. And I hope today's podcast, you know, introduces certain to you if you are not already using an event automation platform and maybe in market for another one. So as you can tell, we're big fans. And um, Kristen, thank you again. And it's great to meet Peter back then. And it's been great to work with your team over the last couple of years doing so many events um, together. By the way, do you want to know my favorite feature of your platform? Yes, for sure. The VIP alerts. So uh, we use those heavily at events. So what that is, is whenever we have an event, uh, especially an intimate event with our customers, um, we set up these VIP alerts. So when someone walks to the door and checks in, we get text messages that that person has arrived at the event. And I just love that because I can be engaged in a conversation and be able to peek at my phone every now and then and go, oh, so-and-so is here. I'm going to go find them and say hello. So that's one of my favorite features. Our marketing team probably has other stuff they love, but that's selfishly the one I like the most. Anyway, let's let's jump in. Um, I would love to start off with some perspective from you have on how to really get maximum value 
from event marketing from and and be able to know if what you're trying to achieve is working from an attribution perspective. So since you are the chief marketing officer of certain, I hope that nobody on the planet can do event marketing and event attribution better than you. So what what are your recipes for success? Yeah, I think, you know, what we try to think about and going back to your, you know, meeting uh, Peter, um, you know, a few years back, I think the vision that we have had consistently is that in-person interaction is really important. Obviously, um, if you're doing business with anybody, you're going to meet them in person. It's a critical part of the opportunity creation and then having companies um, become customers. So events really provide a forum for people to meet in person um, and conduct business. And so the missing piece has been how do we as marketers think about events in the context of what kinds of data can we extract from these really important in-person interactions? And how do we mobilize that data and um, activate that data within our technology system so that marketing can use that data to create better experiences, whether they're better experiences during the event or better experiences actually in marketing the event before the event or um, after the event and how we nurture and actually build relationships. So we're really focused on that. And so as a marketer, what I think about and what I what I think is the difference in terms of, you know, what people do with their event strategy and what can be done is I think very far in advance, what kind of data do I want to extract from the interactions that are happening at my event? For every important interaction, I want to attach a data signal and then I want to bring that back to my marketing technology stack so I can use that um, for, you know, smarter marketing. And when you shift your mindset that way and you think about events in terms of activating all of this data, all of a sudden you can connect that to measurable business results. And so that's where I think, you know, the savviest marketing teams have transformed where they can now talk about KPIs that directly, you know, deliver marketing results, sales results, and overall, you know, revenue results for the business um, from their event strategy, which, um, you know, historically wasn't talked about as much. And now that conversation is coming to the forefront. So walk me through that, because I, lo- I think a lot of people just do the basics, right? They create a landing page, they send out a series of emails, they drive people to the landing page and register them for the event. And of course, you guys handle all of that. They'll send the reminder emails and you know, maybe, maybe send uh, communication leading up to the event or even at the event. But what you're talking about is tracking metadata and other engagement data that I think a lot of people either don't know to do or didn't know that you could do. So Maybe walk through like a fictional event on on how you might think about that from the beginning. Because the the recommendation you gave is, right, start with the end in mind. Think about what you want to know that people are engaging with at the event, not just that they registered, right? Exactly. So, I mean, starting, you know, in terms of pre-event marketing, one thing you can think about um, is what are the types of questions I want to ask of the attendees who are coming to my event. So when they hit the landing page and they register, what is the most valuable but also non-intrusive information you could collect that would help you better um, tailor your marketing from that point forward? So a good example is maybe I want to know what is the greatest pain point to your business um, that you're trying to solve for 
by coming to this event and engaging with me. And if I give you, you know, five options of pain and you tell me the top area of pain for your business, now I can start to market to you um, based on that pain point and the value proposition that I have to offer that helps to solve that. So I could, for example, then pull out the top three sessions that talk about that topic during the event and showcase those sessions to you um, to, you know, drum up excitement um, as you start to go. And also, by the way, I have this opportunity that if you've registered for the event, perhaps you're going to bring other people from your team with you if you feel the content is valuable enough um, and you're going to take you know, learnings back to the business. So it's that kind of thing that you can think about um, pre-event. That same example carries through during the event. So let's say I have a three-day conference, which is my largest conference, and I'm spending, you know, a million dollars on putting together that conference, and it could be less and it could be more, but let's just say you're spending a good share of your marketing budget towards putting together um, this event. If I know the sessions that you've attended on day one by checking people into those sessions, if I have some information about topics you care about or problems you're trying to solve for the business by surveys you've answered during those sessions with a mobile app, for example. And I know what products you're interested in because all of my booth demos are tagged with a certain product and I'm checking you into every product demo with a mobile app, for example. All of a sudden, I can funnel you into specific segments that have been set up, you know, a segment of prospects let's just call it segment A of prospects, segment B of prospects, and maybe there are customer segments as well. And now I could recommend to you, for example, the agenda that is best suited for you tomorrow. I can make session recommendations. I can make recommendations of people you should meet with because I have product experts on my team that can take you through the next step. So all of a sudden, not only are you have you activated people to become excited about the event, but now during the event, you can actually guide people through their buying journey in a more sophisticated um, and intelligent way that makes me, as an attendee, feel that I'm getting the most you know value out of this conference. And from a business perspective, you're actually probably influencing pipeline earlier. Um, creating pipeline earlier, and driving higher engagement with your customers and prospects. All of those metrics are key KPIs that drive not only marketing results, but also sales results and overall you know, business results. Okay. Let me ask you, when the data that you're talking about, so if I ask a qualifying question or a topic, anything that I'm capturing, am I keeping that information just within your platform to do that kind of retargeting and messaging, or am I bringing that into the marketing automation system and needing to do that there? Great question. Our perspective is that our customers own their data. So they different customers choose um, how to um, basically propagate data throughout their system. So it does live in a certain platform or any event automation platform. You can also then take that data and um, send it to a business intelligence platform. If you're um, capturing metrics there, you could um, send it essentially, you know, into a data warehouse for processing. You can send it most com- the most common use case um, that we see is um, sending all of that information to your marketing automation platform um, so that you're triggering all of the um, segmentation as well as um, email campaigns and other campaigns that you would want to um, take as next steps. 
Um, mm-hmm. Our platform as well will send um, emails based on the type of email that it is. So it really just depends on the customer mm-hmm. and how the customer, the customer's view of their data and the systems that they've set up. And then um, th- your event data can flow into that however you choose. And do you find that your customers are using your platform for both, you know, online slash virtual events, if you want to call them that, and in-person events or primarily for in-person events? Primarily for in-person events. We do have some use cases where customers, for example, will set up a registration page um, in our platform to either... Um, host a webinar or to um, as the front end for like a streaming um, uh, uh, event, um, for example. Um, typically, I would say customers also have a webinar platform. Um, and then there are some cases where webinar data will come through our platform um, and then be passed from our platform to marketing automation because we become sort of like the central event hub. So we can take mobile data, mm-hmm. we can take webinar data, we can take sort of any data that's coming through and then our integration to marketing automation will be used to get um, that data into the other into marketing automation and um, also any other system. It kind of just depends on customer preference and how they've set up their systems and how they want their data to flow. So I would say it's on a customer-by-customer basis. And the important thing is that you're really um, going out of your way as an enterprise company, I think, to support all of the customer use cases um, that are needed. Right. And I was was asking that because I believe that we only use your platform for the in-person events that we do, and we do our own campaigns uh, for the virtual events. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we've always done that. One of the reasons that we started using your platform was because of the whole check-in process. And I think DemandGen's become infamous over the years for some of the events that we do, um, especially the receptions. We hold parties at a lot of the vendor conferences. And, um, you know, we always want to make sure that there's a really fast check-in process. I, I myself hate to wait in lines. I was a DJ back in college and um, I would always like, you know, arrive to the club before my set would begin. I'd see the line outside and just see the miserable look on people's face. And, you know, the last thing I ever want to do is like when we're holding an event, have people just feel like they have to wait in line. Now, if you're at capacity, you're at capacity, but you, you know, people just don't want to wait to get checked in because it's just, you feel like cattle. And so that, that was a big part for us as well as some of the, like you said, the in-event marketing. So, when you talk about the the other things that you can capture, like let's say you're holding a multi-day event and you're wanting to know whether someone has attended a certain breakout session, that type of stuff, how much are you prescribing to your clients that that's important or not? Like is, is tracking their participation at the event um, critical and, and what, what do you see your customers doing with that data if they do? Yes, we always recommend um, capturing as much engagement data as is meaningful to your business as a best practice. So we will um, recommend that, for example, you tag your sessions in a way that makes sense for you. So, for example, I might tag all of my sessions by a relevant product, or I might tag all my sessions by um, pain point um, that I'm trying to solve or that your customers are trying to solve. And then um, if you have that tagging system set up, then as you check people into sessions, um, for example, you've already created 
um, a data scheme that can help you deliver better marketing. And so we will advocate that as best practice. Um, and then customers may um, take that and use that, or they may develop their own tagging system and the, the way in which they want to capture um, data and they use that. Also keep in mind, you know, everybody's running events across a large spectrum. So there are small field events like dinners um, all the way to, you know, global conferences. And so the amount of data that you'll capture um, by event type probably differs. In the case of dinner, you're really just checking people in Mm -hmm. um, and handling, you know, walk-ins and um, making sure that you have that speed you talked about. Um, At large conferences, you have, you know, a wealth of data that you can capture. And so you're probably putting together a sophisticated data strategy to make sure that you can, you extract what you need um, from the event. So it really, you know, can stretch across. But as best practice, um, I think it is smart to think about the data you want to capture and um, plan for that as part of your event ex- execution. Because that, if you think about this, um, and this is one of the reasons why I was inspired to tell a certain story as a marketer, um, our in-person interactions are the highest intent interactions we have. If I'm taking time out of my day to spend time with you, um, that says a lot about um, how important that time is for me and that I'm trying to learn and educate myself um, on what you have, you know, to improve my business. And so you want to, you want to be able to capture that information. If you're leaving that information behind and you're just a registration, just like every other registration, you're an attendee, just like every other attendee, that doesn't tell me a lot as a marketer. So I think applying a smart data strategy uh, really makes a difference in terms of what you can tell about your prospects and customers. Yeah, we had, it was an event earlier this year in Las Vegas, and we did a couple, you know, key things at the event. We um, we were doing demos in our suite, so we had developed a, a product for one of the marketing automation systems, and we wanted to demo that to people who had that marketing automation system. So we invited people, you know, that we knew were attending the show to that, and when they came to our suite um, to do the demo, one of the field marketing people would essentially check them in that, you know, they would, they would know who that is because we had booked an appointment and really what they were logging was, you know, did they attend? We also had a dinner with uh, our partner integrate that you guys participated in. And, you know, that was with Molly Bloom um, who, you know, the character Mm -hmm. portrayed in Molly's game and that we did, you know, this really nice um, high touch dinner. And we wanted to know not only who registered for that, but who attended that and then uh, we had a speaking opportunity, and we tracked that. And it, it really wasn't apparent to me in the beginning why we were necessarily doing all those different check-ins until, of course, after the event when marketing came and said, okay, sales and everyone else, here's, here's the participation that took place. And they were doing it more not so much for attribution per se, which I want to talk about next, but more to help us with follow-up, to know you know, the context of what people had attended um, or not. Now, of course, we're probably looking later on and seeing if we had, you know, business objectives, which of course we do, you know, what it mattered. But it, it, like you said, it takes a lot of planning to think that through. It's not stuff that you could necessarily do uh, ad hoc and um, you don't want to track necessarily everything. Like, for example, if we have a booth, we don't always through the platform track that they stop by the booth and do it that way. We have other ways for, for approaching that. Um, can we talk about the the big the big A word attribution? Um, yes. yes. As I said in the beginning, and this happens every year. I would not want to be our head of marketing at Demand Gen because uh, she has to deal with me every year about the budget and big part of our budget and our spend 
uh, historically has been events, these large vendor conferences that we participate. And we always, of course, you know, have to ask the question, well, what did we get out of it last year? And I would say that of you know anyone on the planet, we're meticulous in our tracking and attribution. You know, we we do it really, really well. We have to. Uh, we got to practice what we preach. However, the debate comes around: where does that attribution, first touch, last touch, how do you factor in? So, if you have a closed one account and they attended an event, how much attribution do you give to that event? If that event was the way that we sourced them versus, you know, the last event they participated in um, before the contract was signed, right? All different times in the buying process. So I would love to get your perspective on what you do, what you see, and how, and how you handle event attribution. Sure. So we definitely track first touch. And so we pay attention um, to that across all channels. But um Increasingly, we've moved to a pipeline influence model where basically we show for an event overall, and then we also um, have parts of the event that we've categorized as campaigns. So a VIP dinner, for example, might be a specific campaign. A party that we've thrown might be a specific campaign. A specific product demo at the booth might be another campaign. We show how those touches have um, influenced pipeline. And we give um, pipeline, uh, we basically show pipeline influence in terms of dollars and the number of um, opportunities uh, by campaign um, so that you can compare relatively how campaigns are performing um, to each other. And then you can see overall for an event how that event is performing compared to other events that you have um, sponsored or hosted. So that's how we do it, because I found that communicating attribution down at the very detailed level where this touch, you know, gets a percent and that touch gets a percent as a hypothetical example becomes very complicated to explain and hard to justify. So instead, we show first touch um, and we show also, um, you know, essentially pipeline influence um, for every campaign that we execute, which includes events. So that was interesting. I didn't think about taking that approach where you're doing attribution within the event. You not only have the event as attribution, but you're doing attribution kind of like a parent-child model as well. Did I get that right? That's correct. Because we want to be able to show that the um, specific tactics that we have running inside an event, we want to be able to compare them and see which were, which are more successful than others. For example, I'll give a, a very concrete example. We sponsored Dreamforce last year, and we had you know a number of different activations going on. For example, we were um, participating in the Radius B2B Champions Club with the ABM Leadership Alliance, and we were having we you know we were setting up meetings um, during that event um, you know between sales and our prospects. So we had many one-on-one -on -one meetings going on. Um, another tactic we had is we were doing uh, an event bag drop. So we actually built these little um, uh, miniature um, duffel bags filled with um, goods that any event marketer would want to have during sponsoring Dreamforce. So, you know, cold brew and Uber gift cards and 
um, you know, Advil and Band-Aids, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, fun little um, gift set that you might want if you were working a show um, all day long. And we, we custom built those bags and then walked them um, to, to our, the marketers that we were trying to reach at a few of our target accounts, which was an ABM-based strategy. That tactic um, actually had contributed a lot to pipeline influence. So the companies that we met with, because they were on our target account list and they were our hottest prospects, many of those turned into pipeline opportunities. And that compared, so we could see the relative contribution of that tactic compared to other tactics that we were running that um, I measure as campaign performance within an event. So looking at that event, when you look at, it's amazing that actually Dreamforce is right around the corner already. Um, When you look at this year, how do you decide what you're going to do or not do again? Like, how do you then look back at the attribution and say, we should do A, B, C, D, and E? Like, how do you, how do you break that down? Exactly based on the metrics. So I would say, I mean, we look at a combination of qualitative and quantitative feedback, but from a metrics perspective, we'll look at campaign performance. So of the tactics that we um, employed at a single event and then across events, you know, throughout the past year, um, which events, first of all, drove uh, the greatest business results in terms of pipeline influence, pipeline creation, engagement with our customers. Um, so we'll look at those three, uh, you know, buckets of metrics and rank our events, for example, and participate. We make a cut and we participate in the ones that generated the greatest um, results for us. And then we'll look at the tactics within each event um, to see what worked and what didn't work. And we repeat what works and we will try something new if, if something didn't work. And I'm not scared to try something new, but I think where you have um, also you have to, you know, where you have something that's working really well, like your events, for example, um, that you were talking about that you host that you're well known for, um, you want to repeat success. You don't want to be reinventing the wheel every single event season. Very true. And some of those events, you know, the the events within the events are they're expensive. Um, the thing that I struggle, I think, the most is the booth, right? Because the booth, the cost per square foot these days is so expensive and the cost per lead is so expensive that we really have to take a look and say, you know, was it effective for us? Very different than you, right? You're a product company. You have something to demo. Um, We're a services company. And, you know, it's hard in a minute or two at a booth to a qualify them and for them to understand what our capabilities are. So we find that a very difficult form of lead generation and engagement uh, for us, but there are you know, certainly meetings in our suite and speaking opportunities and that type of stuff, way more impactful. Before we wrap up, um, what what are some good, because we could talk about this forever, but what are some good resources that you have? I know you guys have a resources hub and like, what's your, what's your greatest hit piece of content that if somebody wants to dig in more about the things that we're touching on, do you have your favorite um, guide or, or something like that? Sure. Well, we just published last week the Event Marketers Playbook, Perfect. which is a very comprehensive um, white paper. It's starting as a white paper. We also just hosted a webinar to kind of do the key learnings from this white paper. But what I love about it is I think more than ever, marketers crave practical advice that I can take back to the business and actually implement. I want to take, I want to walk away with something that I can give my team and say, here are three great tactics we should try at this next event you know, 
take this playbook, work with it, come back with um, how we're going to execute this. And um, that's exactly how we've designed this white paper. It covers eight strategies for any event, which from a field event to a conference, and it includes things like your data strategy, your engagement strategy, your promotion strategy. Um, and so you can literally just pick, take the pieces um, that you want, apply them to your business. Um, and there's templates and things, really useful things for marketers that you can use. And so we're going to use this as our tentpole piece of content um, heading into fall, and I'm sure there'll be um, even more to come as a result. But that, that you can find on our resources section. Also, um, I found the um, ABM Leadership Alliance is putting out some really great content on um, ABM in general, but what's relevant for this conversation, I think, is um, how to tie events into your ABM strategy, which is, you know, really important. I think of events as the place where sales and marketing come together. You have to come together. Sales and marketing must be aligned to actually drive the greatest results for your business through, through events. Um, because it's where you're meeting face-to-face. So sales is a huge part of that equation. Um, and um, thinking through how you're going to execute events with that in mind is a really important transformation um, for marketing. And so we see a lot of our customers paying attention to that. So th- those are some two uh, two great resources, I think, that any marketer um, could leverage. Cool. Well, we I have an event coming up. Um, I'm doing a fundraiser for the fire victims uh, in Sonoma from last year's fires. And we have an art auction coming up as well as an unveiling at an upcoming museum. And I told uh, the folks in the group, I'm on their, on their board, I said, you know, why don't you download the certain Arrive app? Because you guys have a, an app in the App Store, which is more towards really consumers. You know, people like this putting on an event and want to be able to check people in, that type of stuff. So thank you for letting me know about that. And I pass that information on to them. But um, I guess if anyone's out there doing your own uh, events, hosting something, um, check out the app store. It's, it's a cool way to check people in. But that is going to wrap it up for us, Kristen. Please give my best to Peter and Kent and the rest of the team. It's been so fun over the last couple of years to do so many events together. And, you know, we always debrief, right, and take a look and say what worked, what didn't work. And I don't think we could make the decisions that we do without the, the help and guidance uh, from you guys. So appreciate all the support. And for everybody out there, you know, like I said, I have mixed feelings about events. I love them on one perspective, and I'd love to see the cost come down on another, but that's maybe just wishful thinking for me. But um, check out Certain if you haven't already uh, looked at a platform or if you're not happy with the one that you are. And Kristen, on a personal level, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do the podcast with me, because I know it is uh, the second half of the event season coming up, and you guys are pretty busy. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure um, to do the podcast with you today. And um, I hope that we left some practical advice uh, for everybody as they think through their event strategy for the rest of this year. No doubt. Plenty of things to think about. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Appreciate you tuning in as always, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 